Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to This Week Again. I'm your host, Suzanne Posel. We're going to start off this show with an update on how the ceasefire in Gaza protests are going. Move on to what Mike Johnson's been up to now that he's Speaker of the House. And follow all of that up with the latest installment of our ongoing docu-series, Why is Trump Exposing His Fascism to Everyone a Year Before the Election? <laughs> Let's begin, shall we? Imagine for a moment you are the wife of a successful business owner from Buffalo, New York. You are riding in a car with your husband, who happens to be driving about 100 miles per hour. You're heading toward the United States from Canada at the Rainbow Bridge crossing when all of a sudden your car jumps over a median, flies in the air, hits a couple of security booths at the border, and bursts into flames. Okay, that got dark really quickly, but stay with me on this because if you were that wife, how would you want the media to report on the high-powered Hollywood car crash that killed you? Chances are you wouldn't want the lying jackasses at Fox Barely Entertainment Channel to say this about you. What I've been told is that this was an attempted terrorist attack. They believe the two people in that car who are now both dead after that large explosion there have packed that car full of explosives. As for what types of explosives, we're not sure just yet. We don't know how long the people who perpetrated this attack have been in this country. Did they come into the country legally? Did they come across illegally and claim asylum? Were they some of the nearly one million gotaways? who've come into this country. Remember that most of these terrorist organizations, they're Gen Z, right? They're young. If you look at, the, uh, if you look at what Hamas puts out online, they're, they're online, on TikTok, on a, they're very sophisticated. It could be that these people were just inspired. It's pretty easy to figure out how to do this online, unfortunately. And it's times like these we wish you guys would discover the internet. For starters, there's Google. And according to actual journalists, the driver and passenger of this vehicle were, and spoiler alert, not terrorists. For some as-of-unknown reason, Kurt Villali drove his 2022 ironically named Flying Spur Bentley like a bat out of hell, leaving Canada at over 100 miles an hour. His aptly named car hit a median, became an actual flying spur, and burst into flames on the way down mostly because the car crashed into a security booth or two. If you watched the coverage on Fox, you would have thought the late and very 53-year-old Kurt and his now dead 53-year-old wife Monica were Gen Z members of Hamas, and you would be dumber for it. For whatever reason, Kurt, who was born in the United States, and his wife, Monica, who again, born and raised in the great U.S. of A., went out in a blaze of Bentley is beyond me, but I can assure you it has nothing to do with terrorism or Hamas. And for everything that I just said, stop watching Fox Not a News Channel. It encourages their lies with every viewer, and besides, we should be focused on more important matters, like listening to Americans when they have something to say. 
Violent protests outside the Democratic National Committee's Washington headquarters forcing top House Democrats to be evacuated from the building. Dozens of Democratic politicians, including House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries, were inside the building. Videos posted to social media show protesters standing with their arms interlocked, blocking the DNC door. How intense this clash was outside the DNC headquarters between Capitol Police and around 150 protesters from these progressive Jewish organizations that for weeks now have been leading these ceasefire protests across the country. Many arrests have been made. Capitol Police had to remove some pro-Palestinian protesters demanding a ceasefire. I wanted to make sure that we joined the mass movement that's been calling for a ceasefire right now. We know that Democrats have actually chosen to avoid what 80% of Democrats have supported, and that's a ceasefire. Believe it or not, 66% of Americans want a ceasefire in Gaza, and thousands of them are taking to the streets to make sure that everyone else knows about it. Beyond this protest in D.C., another demonstration on the San Francisco-Oakland Bay Bridge brought traffic to a screeching halt when participants parked their cars, blocking all the lanes of traffic, with some even throwing their car keys into the bay. Protesters in Boston stopped traffic on a bridge connecting the city of Cambridge for several hours, and reportedly no car keys were thrown overboard during this protest. Meanwhile, President Biden has gone from Dark Brandon to Genocide Joe, as his new nickname starts to gain traction among Americans who are upset that their tax dollars are going to help Israel continue to bomb the fuck out of Palestinians whether they stayed in Gaza or head south. Because Israeli defense forces have begun threatening to bomb the southern regions, now that Palestinians are hiding there too, after Israel told them to go there several weeks ago, and you guessed it, to avoid being bombed. Oopsies. But don't think the Biden administration, especially assistant to the Secretary of Defense, Admiral John Kirby is oblivious to the shade that comes with putting genocide in front of Biden's first name. In fact, Kirby took some time out of his busy press room schedule to address the moniker in the most toddler stompy way he knew how. Roll tape. Protesters here in D.C. and New York across the country, uh, they've settled on a nickname for the president. They've been calling him Genocide Joe. Do you have a response from the White House to that nickname? We're not worried about nicknames and bumper stickers. I mean, uh, it, it's First Amendment free speech. People can say what they want on, on the sidewalk, and, that, and we respect that. That's what the First Amendment's about. But this word genocide is getting thrown around in a pretty inappropriate way by lots of different folks. Yes, there are too many civilian casualties in Gaza. Yes, the numbers are too high. Yes, fam too many families are grieving. And yes, we continue to urge the Israelis to be as careful and cautious as possible. But Israel is not trying to wipe the Palestinian people off the map. Israel's trying to defend itself. So when we're gonna start, if we're gonna start using that word, fine, let's use it appropriately. Uh, okay, um, so let me get this straight. Standing on a sidewalk saying Genocide Joe is okay because it's free speech and all that jazz. Unless there are too many people saying it all at once because that changes everything. At that point, you're just throwing that word around like it's a word that describes a group of people being killed for an express purpose by the killers killing them. Oh, and 
don't forget, Biden is doing everything he can, folks. I mean, he told Nuthouse Yodel to stop killing so many Palestinians. What more do you want from Joe? And so it was, after weeks of protests, corporate boycotts, and traffic jams from coast to coast, Americans sort of got what they were asking for. A breakthrough in the hostage negotiations is closer than it's ever been, U.S. officials say. Multiple news reports quoting Hamas and Israeli officials are this morning outlining a possible deal. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is meeting with cabinet officials today. The government will need to sign off on any agreement before it can become official. This would indeed call for an exchange, a swap. Some 50 prisoners that have been held, some 50 hostages that have been held by Hamas since that early October attack. And that would indeed call for Israel to exchange some individuals that are being held and detained, some Palestinians. Deal that was negotiated with the help of both the United States and Qatar. Uh, that is who is pressing both Israel and Hamas to agree to these terms. We know that minutes ago, the Israeli government did vote to pass the deal. Um, it was not unanimous, and Netanyahu's most extreme right ministers including, I think, one or two from his own party, did not support it. Yeah, Netanyahu's cabinet and party members not supporting a ceasefire is totally on brand, in my opinion. What made me nearly jump out of my seat was finding out that among the 150 Palestinians being released by Israel in this terrorist exchange are women and children. Israel has been imprisoning Palestinian women and children for such crimes as harming regional security and supporting illegal terrorism and organizations. And not one of them, not one child or woman that they have imprisoned were charged or tried in a court. They've just been held in prison forever because, let's be honest, if it weren't for this hostage exchange... Israel was planning on apparently keeping these people indefinitely. And yeah, you could say women, they are adults, they can make their own choices, fine. But how in the fuck is a child harming Israel's national security or regional security or even supporting illegal terrorists? So what exactly is in this ceasefire deal that apparently is only going to last as long as Thanksgiving weekend? In the deal brokered by the U.S., Egypt, and Qatar, an initial four-day ceasefire, and Hamas must release 50 hostages, all women and children, in exchange for 150 Palestinian women and children detained by Israel. U.S. officials say that some Americans being held by Hamas will be freed as part of the deal. And the initial 50 Israeli hostages to be released will not include adult men. The temporary truce will allow hundreds of humanitarian aid trucks in. The Red Cross will get access to some hostages that are not being released yet and provide medical assistance where needed. And then they got Israel to agree to allow in cooking oil and fuel for hospital generators to run. And how fortuitous, just in time for Black Friday deals, President Genocide got his Middle Eastern Mafia bro to agree to stop dropping bombs on apartment buildings, hospitals, and anywhere else in Gaza Hamas has not been hiding for four days straight. 
During what can only be described as the time of the year corporations make the bulk of their annual profits, the Biden administration thought this would be a great opportunity for Hamas and Israel to exchange hostages because thousands of Americans have made it very, very clear they are not spending a dime until Israel stops genociding Palestinians. Corporations like Starbucks, McDonald's, Disney, and so many others have seen record nosedives in their profits because restoring BOGO deals and endless coupons as a way to drum up new customers isn't working thanks to boycotts over their financial support of Israel's campaign to bomb Palestinians out of existence. Corporations are now hoping all of that ends for the four-day ceasefire during the busiest shopping weekend Thanks to Joe and his friends from Egypt and Qatar. Now, I got to say, some things kind of boil down to timing, whether they are connected or not, which is why a group of ceasefire protesters bringing the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade to a standstill after gluing themselves to the road in front of the procession is serendipity, if you ask me. Oh, and... As for Black Friday during the four-day ceasefire on Thanksgiving weekend, well... Night before one of the biggest shopping days of the year, and that typically means people waiting in long lines outside of retail stores. But things look different on the eve of Black Friday this year. We've been out here for several hours and we've only run into one person. We're in front of Best Buy. They've got the barricades out here, but there's no shoppers. This parking lot, it's completely abandoned at this Target. It used to be that it was like a, a free-for-all, right? And now look, it's empty. Oh no, it looks like corporations aren't going to be able to make a shit ton of money this holiday season. In part because paying your employees a living wage seems to be a bridge too far for any company, big or small. But also, this is a spending strike called on by the same people who were blocking traffic on bridges and gluing themselves to the pavement during parades and having a tiff with the police in D.C. Because there needs to be a ceasefire in Gaza, period. Not over Black Friday weekend so Americans can feel better about unnecessary consumerism while Palestinians are simply asking Please don't bomb us to death, let alone give us access to life-saving supplies after you bomb us to death. And now for something completely different. Now, I'm sure Fox viewers will argue, but it is an observable fact that Republicans really aren't having a good time right now. With their old man elbowing in the hallways and meet me at the flagpole after school attitude toward congressional witnesses, Republicans can't get their shit together and it's hilarious. But it didn't help morale at all when the tiniest speaker of the House and overall basic bitch Mr. Mike Johnson revealed to his caucus and everyone all at the same time that there isn't going to be any more impeachment of Joe Biden talk happening anytime soon. Literally because there isn't any evidence of impeachable offenses committed by our current president. So, of course, more on the goblin from Georgia had to weigh in with her dumbest idea yet. We need accountability. So I've called on Speaker Johnson to create a new January 6th Select Committee because we need to hold the old January 6th Committee accountable, Nancy Pelosi accountable. We need to subpoena the FBI, the Department of Justice, and anyone else who was involved in what I would call 
actually the real big lie. That's the big lie is what happened on January 6th. Leave it to the Neolithic three-toed sloth to come up with a new way to be sophomoric with this new and improved maggot-filled January 6th committee because (laughs) who else is going to get to the bottom of all those ghost buses and FBI agents dressed up like supporters of Trump and yeah, not to mention how much Comrade Pumpkin Fuhrer wanted to waddle his way down to the Capitol with the likes of Gravy Seal 6 and KKK Karens, who traveled from near and far to commit sedition with the presidents. If you look at the real size of that crowd, it was never reported correctly. There were, it's the biggest crowd I've ever spoken in front of by far. Really? By far. That went down to the Washington, that went back to the Washington Monument. Um, you told them you were going to go up to the Capitol, were you just... I was, no, I was going to, and the Secret Service said, you can't, and then by the time, I would have, and then when I got back, I saw, I wanted to go back, I was thinking about going back during the problem to stop the problem, doing it myself. Secret Service didn't like that idea too much. So, so what... And I could so, have done that, and you know what, I would have been very well received. Don't forget, the people that went to Washington that day, in my opinion, they went because they thought the election was rigged. That's why they went. Oh, your God, will you stop it with the crowd sizes already? <laughs> and let's not forget, it was you and your flying monkeys who were telling your army of fourth meal warriors that the election was stolen. No one else was doing that. You said it for months preceding the insurrection. You said it while you were there on stage before the insurrection. And you've been saying it ever since. Honestly, this disgruntled employee who was rightfully fired for being the absolute worst routine is getting a little bit old. But hey, anything for the distraction now that Republicans are competing for the next big congressional waste of taxpayer money since 2024 is getting a little bit closer and closer and even closer. And that lead me right back to the scariest speaker of the house who thought just before the holiday weekend would be the perfect time to release all 44,000 footage hours of the Capitol insurrection to the general public and not just Tucker Carlson. The House Speaker Mike Johnson announcing just a little while ago that all of the January 6th security tapes, surveillance footage in and around the U.S. Capitol from that day is being made available to the public. Thousands of hours of Capitol video footage from the January 6th riots are being uploaded to a public website. Some video will not be released because it involves sensitive security information. This is definitely an olive branch to the hardliners in the party, folks like Matt Gates, who have been pushing for these tapes to be released widely. Uh, duh. This is definitely for those maggots among the Republicans who've been crying over the arrests and convictions of nearly 600 assholes who, let's be honest, were anything but peacefully protesting on January 6th. They want so badly to show everyone what we saw with their own eyes live on national television is not what actually happened. And who better to give it to them? Then the jackass they elected after three weeks of embarrassing indecision. And let's not forget, every leader of the Republican Party has to get the approval of the overbronzed gourd. 
if he's going to continue. Right of passage for anyone seeking anything in the modern Republican Party. An appearance before Donald Trump to bow, to profess loyalty to a man whose only loyalty has been to himself. This week, it was new House Speaker Mike Johnson's turn to kiss the ring. House Speaker Mike Johnson took a trip to Florida and met with Donald Trump at Mar-a-Lago. Timing sure is fun. It's just a week after Speaker Johnson publicly endorsed Donald Trump for president. Mike Johnson went to Mar-a-Lago last night. He has been fundraising in Florida, and so that's why he made the trip over to Mar-a-Lago. I'm told that him and the former president president met briefly. The House Speaker reportedly in the doghouse among his conservative peers for committing the grave sin of working with Democrats to fund the government. Yeah, that no-no, the worst Kevin committed right before maggots in the house gave him the boot and handed the gavel to short round Johnson. (laughs) Hindsight, I don't think Republicans really give a shit over the tiny king's reach around across the aisle when he got so many other things going for him. Things this party has been waiting to unleash on the American public. For example... Mike Johns, the podcast hosting Jesus Loving Family Man, is now second in line to be your next president. Before entering the world of politics, Johnson worked as a constitutional lawyer. In 2004, he wrote an op ed that said marriage equality places, quote, our entire democratic system in jeopardy. He worked with groups like the Alliance Defending Freedom, with whom he led a 2005 counter protest in response to a nationwide campaign against anti LGBTQIA bias in schools. Johnson's legal practice also saw him win Kentucky taxpayer funding for a young Earth creator. Theme park, the kind of place that claims the universe is only 6,000 years old and that dinosaurs rode on Noah's Ark. In 2016, he was elected to Congress, falling in line and voting with Trump 92.8% of the time. Since coming to Washington, he's been pro-school choice, anti-LGBTQIA+, a climate change denier who keeps his hands in the pockets of the fossil fuel industry, and one of the many House Republicans who voted to decertify President Joe Biden's victory in the 2020 election. So as you can hear, little Johnson has a lot going for him. And not just the prospects of finding out who makes Ron DeSantis's wedge-heeled boots. The Lilliputian running the House has a lot of Republican Jesus ideas for making America evangelically white again, such as abolishing abortion nationally, restricting voting to the point no one but wealthy white men can participate, and redecorating our country with Jesus jizz. Or just drop a load of bullshit like his career politician's shady financing. Speaker Mike Johnson becomes the point person for passing trillions of dollars in government spending. He's also facing questions about his personal finances. His most recent financial disclosures show that he has no savings account, may not even have a retirement account. In fact, he reports no assets at all beyond his house. The new speaker appears to be living paycheck to paycheck. For the past two years, he has not reported any assets and has never even reported a checking account on financial disclosure forms. The speaker's office says he has a personal bank account, which is exempt from house reporting rules because it is non-interest bearing. Oh, but I have to ask you this. What's up with Mike Johnson's very shady seeming financial disclosures? I'm a man of modest means, okay? I was a lawyer, but I did constitutional law. We have four kids, five now. Um, We have a lot of expenses, but I can relate to everybody else. Well, majority of Americans now say they're living paycheck to paycheck, so um, a lot of folks in the same boat. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. No, first of all, get this man a PR manager. 
because what actually possessed this fuckface to go on national television and say, hey, he's relatable because he openly hides his income? <laughs> Let's be honest. This Christian colonizer has been in Congress for seven years, and you and I have paid him over $1.2 million over those seven years. But Mike, he ain't got no assets to show for it. Now, I don't know how that could be unless everything he owns is in someone else's name, like his wife or a, a member of his family or an offshore bank account. <laughs> Not that I know exactly where Johnson is hiding all that he gets from Al-Qaeda organizations like the Heritage Foundation, the 700 Club, Kirk Cameron and Steve Bannon's Three Shirts Isn't Enough campaign. Not to mention this father of future serial killers has some fucked up parenting skills. Mike Johnson admitted he and his son used software to monitor if the other was watching porn. My county accountability partner right now is Jack, my son, right? And so he's 17. So he and I get a report of all the, the things that are on our phones or all of our devices once a week. If anything objectionable comes up, your accountability partner gets an immediate notice. The Louisiana Republican installed accountability software called Covenant Eyes so that he and his 17-year-old son Jack would abstain from going to X-rated internet sites. The website promotes itself as a way to help those with porn addictions. Whoa there, pervy dad. This is a family show. Although it is marked explicit and we do not recommend that you let children under the age of 13 listen, this is a family show, sir. And hey, I'm a parent too. I get wanting to make sure that your kids aren't walking off to the same Stormy Daniels flicks that you have saved in your favorites. But that right there is a road straight to this. Shit is fucked up. And not for nothing, but your teenage son is not your accountability partner. You sad little, little man. If you don't like what your kids are doing, just remember who taught them how to do it. You are right. I learned it by watching you. And let's be honest, there is so much you can learn by watching Mike Johnson waddle around the Capitol with those tiny little legs. But pay close attention. It's hard to lose him in a crowd. And I don't know for a fact that some of his colleagues have started attaching a balloon to the back of Small Johnson's jacket on days when the Capitol is crowded. I just know it's true. <laughs> And while we're on the subject of Diet Coke wishes and eight-piece bucket dreams, we're all aware that Eric's dad wants to be Supreme Commander in Cheese once more. Even though the fact that he's running for the position in 2024 happens to be an admission that he lost the position in 2020, but I digress. While Dolt45 has been avoiding the GOP debates, mostly because he can barely read a teleprompter, but absolutely because he can't articulate a coherent thought on the fly like some people, Nikki Haley, like that time he spent 45 minutes complaining about how windmills on land are upsetting the whales in the ocean. <laughs> He has currently been on the rally circuit, rehashing old bits that got him recognition with angry white men and that demographic. But 
also trying out some new material. Roll tape. Donald Trump echoed the dangerous language of infamous fascist leaders. The New York Times detailed the former president's visions, which include sweeping raids, the construction of massive detainment camps, and deporting people by the millions. Mapping out specific plans for using the federal government to punish critics and opponents should he win a second term. With the former president naming individuals he wants to investigate or prosecute. We will root out the communists, Marxist, fascist, and the radical left thugs that live like vermin within the confines of our country. We will start by exposing every last crime committed by crooked Joe Biden, because now that he indicted me, we're allowed to look at him. This is third world country stuff. Arrest your, arrest your opponent. And that means that I could do that too. If they want to follow through on this, uh, yeah, it could certainly happen in reverse. It could certainly happen in reverse. What they've done is they've released the genie out of the box. I'm sorry, the, the who out of the what? <laughs> Are you saying that genies come in boxes now or are you just getting a four piece meal instead of an eight piece bucket? By the way, if this is true, I'm going to be very relieved. I never really liked those brass lamps. They never went with my home decor. So I what? Wait, genies. Okay, I'm being told genies don't come in boxes and Dementia Dawn is using words wrong again. Okay, either way. I want to take a moment to point out that Schiller is planning a revenge plot. And should Americans be so bold and so stupid as to let him back into the White House come next November, Scrooge McSchmuck has a list. And you better believe he's going to be checking it on the daily, probably because he can't remember who's already on it, but mostly because he lives by that gold-plated rule, do unto others whatever the fuck you want to do to them, and then some. So there's going to be camps to round up and temporary housing for his enemies, frenemies, and anyone else Cheeto Von Dictator gets his depends all bunched up over, like those he mentioned in a post that he made at 2 a.m. on Thanksgiving morning, and totally not while he was on the toilet in the wee hours of the night. Donald Trump is using Thanksgiving as an excuse to attack his legal adversaries. Donald Trump at 2 a.m. issued this Truth Social post. Happy Thanksgiving to all, uh, including his quote-unquote enemies, who then he proceeded to attack. And one of those uh, is the judge in his New York civil fraud trial, as well as the clerk in that case. And in the spirit of Thanksgiving... Fatty Kruger decided to go after the players holding him accountable in the New York case against him and his companies, calling New York AG Letitia James a racist, incompetent peekaboo because she's holding his white ass accountable for running a fraud company for multiple decades. He said the judge ruling over his case is a psycho because Judge Angoran already ruled that the fraud father lied about his finances in order to get favorable interest rates on loans he never should have gotten in the first place, which Dumpster Fire admits to, but never mind. Because we all know getting indicted and having his only source of income, aside from grifting on his supporters under the guise of campaign donations, is taken away from him. 
This is really making the tangerine Palpatine turn red. I did everything right and they indicted me. They indicted me. I've been indicted. They indicted me. Can you believe my father and mother are looking down, son? How did that happen? We're so proud of you, son. How did that happen? Did anybody ever hear? He's a very nice fellow. Al Capone. Did you ever hear of Al Capone? Scarface. If you smiled at him in the wrong way, he'd kill you. He was only indicted one time. I got four. I wonder if my father and mother are proud of me. Well, under normal circumstances, I'd say no. But we are talking about Fred Trump, who famously refused to rent two black tenants, and Marianne Trump, who was an immigrant herself, but couldn't give two shits about any other immigrants. So, yeah, they're probably proud of their overbronzed gourd for lying on loan applications and tax returns, stealing classified documents to sell to foreign leaders and storing them in his bathroom next to his toilet and, oh, starting the first insurrection on the U.S. Capitol over a lie he lied about and then is still lying about today. And (laughs) isn't that something? And that's all I have to say about that. New episodes of this week again air every Sunday. But if that's too long a wait, you can catch me on Facepalm America podcast every Friday for the foreseeable future, where host Beowulf Rockland and I make fun of the news in real time. But it's recorded, so listen whenever you want. Follow This Week Again on social media wherever you can find us. This podcast is available for your listening pleasure on Spotify and iHeartRadio, Audible, Amazon Music, wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you so much for listening to this show. Today for now. <laughs>